Hello, and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Noah Downs. I'm your co-host, along with my other co-host, Luke Bisson. How are you doing, Luke? I am I'm fantastic. I am finally over my little uh, weather change bug. How about you? Uh, you know, um, my voice is a little shot today because I spent all day yelling at uh, Mikey Taylor. Um, I was at the historic uh, Nationals versus Mets game today where the Nats uh, set the new National League record for most runs scored in a single game. Wow, what they score? Twenty-three to five. <laughs> I thought I thought, uh, thought the uh, um, uh, Cleveland winning, uh, I think it was twelve-four today, was pretty good. But no, I think you got that beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it, man. But uh, yeah, no. So um, we've been away for a little bit because there wasn't too much going on in between uh, free agency and then the draft coming in. So, but now the, the draft is over, and so this is our initial look at the draft podcast. So. Uh, we're going to have a lot to examine because, you know, it's a, it's a good class and you got to really pay attention to it. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, the Redskins and the Browns, obviously, because, you know, Luke's a Browns fan, I'm a Redskins fan, and they both have some slightly fantasy-relevant stuff going on. Then we're going to um, hop on over and talk about where the different tiers are in your drafts, so where you kind of want to move some picks to get into if you haven't already, where you might want to be able to trade out or trade back. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, who is the biggest riser and who is the biggest faller in terms of uh, landing spot based uh, based on the recent NFL draft. How does that sound to you, Luke? I think it sounds perfect. All right. Well, why don't you talk to me a little bit about your Cleveland Browns since they did have the first overall pick. Okay. Well, not only do they have the first overall pick, um, but they uh, walked in with the first and 12th pick, uh, respectively, going in. And they turned... Uh, that into Miles Garrett at the 101. And then they traded down with a very, very desperate Houston Texans who jumped up 13 spots from 25th pick to the 12th to get Deshaun Watson. Yep. Uh, and in doing so, Houston gave the Browns their 2018 first round draft pick. And, uh, which, <laughs> man, that means next year, the Browns, before they do anything else, have two first and three seconds going into next year. Wow. Um, now, this is the same Houston team that gave Cleveland a second rounder to take Brock Osweiler from them. So, yeah. we basically own their first couple of picks, and if, I mean, if they do well this year, it's going to be a late pick or whatever. But, if they flounder in between Deshaun Watson learning and Tom Savage doing Tom Savage things, you know, we're, we're probably going to look between being not so good ourselves as a team, you know, we're looking at two probably top 16 picks again like this year. Awesome. Then, with the trade down to 25, they get Jabril Peppers, which is, they're going to, according to Hugh Jackson, play as a safety, uh strong safety. He's going to play high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they traded back in to get uh, David Njoku at uh, pick 29. Wow. Yeah, they jumped right ahead. My personal favorite, they jumped right ahead of Pittsburgh because, obviously, Pittsburgh with uh, Ladarius Green, you know, at that tight end and Jesse James wasn't working out. So they got in front of them. Uh took uh, David Njoku, which I consider to be the last, like, obvious uh, tight end, you know, that you could get first-round caliber tight end that they had set. And uh, from there, uh, you know, they went through and they got a couple of other people. They got they ended up getting Tizer of all people in the second round. It was kind of a surprise to me, but the value was there for it. And what yeah. I like about them taking the quarterback now is even if 
they decide week 10, week 11, that he's not going to work out. They took three players ahead of him. They, you know, this is just a second-round pick, so they can sit there next year and go get a Josh Allen, a Josh Rosen, or a Sam Darnold in the beginning of the draft next year. And yep. no one, you know, no one can sit there and be like, oh, well, that was a wasted pick. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm hoping it works out just for the sake that they can take those picks next year and, you know, do amazing things with it. But if it doesn't, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, from there, they filled up. They got, they did really good as far as getting, they got an offensive tackle. They got a couple of defensive tackles to fill the, uh, to get into like the three technique and everything because they're switching from a three four to a four three front mm-hmm. as their base. Uh, they did take Caleb Brantley, uh, from Florida in the sixth. And this is a very controversial pick because, yeah. uh, he's still under investigation for knocking a woman unconscious. Um, and we, we do have reports already that, um, Hugh Jackson says that if those reports are, you know, if the, those reports are proven true, then they're going to release them. Exactly. To which he will say, well, then why would you waste a pick on it? Well, unfortunately, uh, nothing has come out of that yet for the, for the better or for the worse. So he was taken at that point in the sixth because he is a early second round talent. And if he can get exonerated from those things, uh, that's a huge, huge talent to be able to get. And, excuse me. And so it was, it it seemed worth it at the time. Uh, I personally have no problem with it, but it's amazing to me how, how many analysts did. Um, yet these are the same people that were touting, uh, that Joe Mixon going in the second was a brilliant pick by Cincinnati. You know, you you can't have it both ways. The talent of a person cannot dictate how much um, much scrutiny they should receive. So um, I'm fine with the pick uh, because, in all honesty, it's not out there. It's not not definitive if it happened. If it happened, they said they were going to release them and hold them to that standard. Um, But, you know, I have two or three – Florida people that have already told me that it was, you know, trumped up charges and everything and stuff like that. So it's a wait and see kind of thing. But uh, they also went out and they got a new kicker. Uh, apparently it's the best kicker in uh, the draft by a lot of analysts from Arizona State. I'm trying to remember what his name is. It is uh, Zane Gonzalez from Arizona State. And uh, I, he was really good. Uh, the, the main reason they wanted to get him is because he made seven of nine kicks from 50 yards or out uh, wow, during his really last season. Good. And had that happened for the Browns last year, they would have won two more games. Wow. Well, you so, know, with, with that, I mean, it, and they, they showed up uh, Tampa Bay by not taking the kicker in the second round. Yes, and as a matter of fact, uh, there was a team while I was watching that took a kicker in the, I want to say the fourth or fifth. <laughs> Whatever that happens, it makes me laugh a little bit. Um, I Man, I want to say it was Cincinnati that took a kicker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, so that's basically. Our, I really, I really liked um, the uh, draft and everything. That's basically it in a nutshell. They finished off the draft with taking um, uh, uh, Matthew Days out of North Carolina State, uh, but he's just, you know, he's just a guy. He's a body for camp and everything. And if he does anything, he's just a receiving back. So we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, besides that, though, uh, how did you guys do? Well, uh, I love the Redskins draft. Actually, I, I think a lot of people are grading them out as an A, A, A or A minus draft. Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird because we just fired Scott McLuhan. So, um, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I'm amazed that we managed to get our our stuff together. Um, 
So we started off by uh, getting Jonathan Allen at the 17th overall pick. He's a top five talent. And for some crazy reason, he fell to the 17th pick. And honestly, I think the Skins, um, we, we did not expect to get him there. Um, so obviously nobody expected that pick to come out of nowhere. Um, but what was interesting there is I think Washington was very very intelligent with how they handled it. They they didn't make many, very many trades in this draft. They traded once mm-hmm. with the Vikings to move up tw- two two spots in the sixth round and then move back ten um, in the seventh. They didn't really trade too much. Um, but it's the trade they didn't make here, which was to move ahead to get Jonathan Allen when he started to fall. Um, and uh, they just let the draft come to them. I thought that was incredible. So Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen is going to ratchet up that pass rush. Um because we had we had a terrible front, um, and then we followed it up by taking Ryan Anderson, um, and frankly, you know, <laughs> drafting as much of that Alabama defense as possible is not a bad strategy. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I think that uh, with with Anderson, I, I think he's going to slide into outside linebacker. Um, yeah, he's going to be really good as that linebacker. He's not going to be a pass rusher, but fortunately. We have Jonathan Allen for that. Um, okay. Now, we, what, we, what scheme do you run there? Uh, defensive one, one of the defensive schemes. Um, and there's numbers involved, and uh, there's players <laughs> on the field. Do you know if you have a 4-3 or 3-4 front? Definitely one of those. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, I was, the reason I'm asking is because he's going to be playing outside linebacker, uh, and he's, uh, uh, he's going into coverage. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, okay. So my guess is he's probably end up, he's ending up in more of like a four three front, uh, yeah. whereas on a three four they usually use their outside boys to uh, sit there and swarm trying to stop ball running and stuff, and they use the weak side uh, inside linebacker to, to play coverage. But you said what was his name? Uh, his name is Ryan Anderson. Okay. And outside, you know. You know, frankly, I think he's going to be one of the. He, I think he's going to be good because, you know, we took him at two seventeen, and we're not idiots this year, apparently. Um, then uh, would, uh, you had you had one hell of a draft, so I, I would say not. And then um, so then we had Fabian Moreau, cornerback. Um, we have we our cornerbacks have issues with staying healthy, so it's always good uh, to get well, another one. Now, so you you were the one that ended up with Fabian. Yeah, we got Fabian. He's the one that tore his pack at his pro day. Yep. So, so that's why he fell so much. So I think it's he's 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 aggressive. I went and looked at some of his tape. Um, mm-hmm. On the outside, he plays super aggressive, which is something we need. Um, I think he's going to be a good key piece there. I don't think he's going to be our star cornerback. Obviously, we got overpaid Josh Holman for that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I had him ranked as my third cornerback in this class. Yeah, and he saw us at three seventeen, eighty first overall. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that torn pack was crazy, especially when you saw Sidney Jones, who tore his Achilles out of Washington this year. He ended up going in the second round. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, Fabian Moreau, I, I don't know. Is that torn pack? Do you think that'll keep him up the entire year? I don't know anything about that injury. Um, it, it's still up in the air. I, the problem is it happened at his pro day. He was lifting at his pro day, and it happened. Yeah. So it was. it's recent enough where I, know, I don't even know if he had surgery for it yet. 
Uh, yeah. they, you know, they, they may, they may be in a wait and see pattern to see if they even need to perform surgery to fix it or if it's just going to heal on its own. Um, but what's nice about it, you know, unlike an Achilles in the case of Sidney Jones, uh, pectoral stuff when it comes to Fabian Morelli, it, it, regardless of how it heals, he should be fine as long as it didn't affect like the shoulder, like the rotator cuff or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then we move on to my favorite pick, um, mm-hmm. which was, Round four, pick number seven, via the Jets, Samaje P. Ryan out of Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> he's going to be that yes, nice bruising back, so it's going to be P. Ryan is going to lead that backfield, um, mm-hmm. which is nice because uh, our, our backfield has been just a freaking mess. Um, and P. Ryan is going to have to take that two-down bruiser roll with Chris Thompson rolling in on third down. But P. Yeah. Ryan actually can catch a little bit. He can. He can. He he, he is uh, Oklahoma's all-time leading rusher. Uh, yeah. And uh, – and he, between him and Joe Mixon, they were quite the duo. And exactly. I think I think they could survive in the same uh, breath school point with you know between him and Chris Thompson in there. Um, I I've heard rumors they're trying to move Matt Jones. I think they need to one way or another, whether it's trading or Honestly, dropping him completely. I think they trade him to the to the Ravens. They are going to, or they did. I think they're going to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, could, I honestly I could I could see that you know because uh, the Ravens they uh they stuck with defense for, for a lot yeah. of the uh, for a lot of the drafts going into it and then when they weren't doing defense they were doing offensive uh, guards. Yeah, um, and then so moving on in the Redskins draft a little bit was yeah. Um, then we had in fifth round we took Jeremy Sprinkle. Sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really need a tight end, but um, yeah, we've got good tight ends. But he's good depth there, um, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Um, he's and then uh, we took the rest of our draft was kind of met. In the sixth round, we took a center. Um, mm-hmm. Then we took Robert Davis, which will give us some wide receiver depth after the departure of Garcon and Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really thrilled about him. I don't think I'm going to be touching him in dynasty anywhere. Um, but he's there. Then uh, we took two guys that'll be probably practice squad or um, you know field uh, 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 training camp guys and Josh Harvey Clemens yeah. safety out of Louisville and Joshua Holsey defensive back Auburn um, and so I mean I think I think we had a really good draft um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree I thought you guys did great and it was obvious that uh, whoever prepped for your draft. You know, whatever group ended up doing it, whether it was the prior groups and regime that they left their notes behind or if it was the new group that took over, they shined most in those middle rounds. And in this yeah. draft, with as much depth as there was, and for all the people that fell, that was the most important time to be good. And so it was very, very commendable uh, well, how that draft I, I, turned out for you guys. I remember when we were – when the draft was going on on the – um, we, you and I were texting back and forth, and I said, look, Smarty Piran's going to go to the Redskins. You're like, no way. He's not still going to be there. And he was. Right. I, I thought for sure day three he would be one of the first names called. You know, now, granted, you had what? You had, a, you had a top ten pick going into that day, and that's where he did go. Yeah, so it's um, overall. But still. Right. So, I mean, so it wasn't like he waited too long on day three. But, I mean, there was a lot of teams ahead of you. That could have also, you know, used his services, and he was passed over. Well, I'll tell you, you know, what's interesting is that um, uh, I've been hearing around the dynasty, the dynasty uh, trading posts out there that uh, mm-hmm. P. Ryan is 
late first at this point. Well, yeah, but, uh, there's a caveat to it, though. That yeah. caveat is they're expecting Rob Kelly and Matt Jones to either step aside or get moved, you know, to uh, yeah. to allow him to be that bruiser. Because, I mean, if you think about it, uh, isn't Rob Kelly just a poor man's version of P. Ryan? Yeah, you know, Rob they're, they're, he's, he's fat Rob. He's a, he's a fat bruiser. Um, right. Well, I mean, that's basically what we have in Pirine, too, if you look at him. It's yeah. a, the, the same guy for the same role. I feel that they took him because they figured it was, you know, they could give that position a little pizzazz um, because right. he did so well in that type of role at Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that's why they brought him in. The question is, though, are those two guys just going to step aside? I think Rob Kelly will. I mean, who the heck's Rob Kelly? Uh, but they're going to have to move Matt Jones, or they're going to they're going to do something with him. Oh, but what about Keith Marshall, Luke? I think Keith Marshall's going to be good, right? I think if Keith Marshall came in and did anything, uh, he would supplant uh, Chris Thompson. And as long as Chris Thompson yeah. is there, that's not going to happen. So I'm pretty sure Keith Marshall is officially, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I was actually kind of slightly facetious with that because I talked to oh, Mark well, I have a... yeah, I have an answer for everything. <laughs> I know, you do. I, I'm very impressed with you. Um, you are impressive, Luke, and I want you to tell your mother that I said that. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, that would be funny. Don't actually do that. Um, so, yeah, but uh, why don't we take a quick break, and after the musical interlude, we'll come back and talk a little bit about um, the, our different tier breaks. Okay. All right, sounds good. Talk to you on the other side. Sounds good. Uh, and uh, hold on, come on, stop. Hey guys, this is Luke Bisson from Intentional Grounding, the podcast you're more than likely listening to right now. And uh, I just want to take a minute real quick to uh, talk about our uh, title apparel sponsor, Savage, the ultimate apparel company. Uh, this company, they've been killing the jersey game for sports teams around the country, and their branded merchandise has some serious flavor. Uh, with both national and local level partnerships among a variety of sports, including uh, football, soccer, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, I love disc golf, uh, dodgeball, Quidditch, and then and, and some more, uh, they're ready to get you into the gear you need. Savage produces brand and customizable apparel for the active lifestyle, and you need to check them out because they're offering right now an exclusive coupon code just for our listeners so that you can get 15% off. Use the coupon code WookieTD at www.savageultimate.com to get some awesome new gear. And if you don't see something that you like, They've got a fully customizable option section to get you exactly what you need. So stay tuned because from Intentional Grounding, the podcast you know that you're listening to, uh, there's going to be some exclusive like merchandise coming soon. So don't forget, WookieTD saves you 50% off at www.savageultimate.com. Go check it out today. And welcome back. So, in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about, first, we're going to talk about where the different tier breaks are. So, if you have certain uh, pieces, say you have the 106, should you stay at 106? Should you try and move back? Should you try and move up? Um, 
they're kind of giving you an idea of where you are with those odd uh, tier breaks. And then we're going to talk about some of the biggest risers and fallers as a result of the draft. Um, mm-hmm. So, Luke, I think you and I are going to differ right out of the gate. Um, where, yeah. Starting at 101, where does that tier end? Is it the 102, 3, 4, 5? Where is it for you? Uh, it's the 102. It's 101. So you have a tier of the 101 and the 102. Yep. Okay. And since there's only two players, I'm assuming it's Corey Davis and Leonard Fournette. Yes. Okay. For me, I disagree. I think it's the 101. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Nope. And, reason, and I totally yeah. get that. Uh, for me, uh, my 101 tier is going to be a person with high draft capital that, that's a starter, uh, but really doesn't have that many questions. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as, like, he's not going to have to share anything, figure out what his placement is. Uh, Corey Davis is going in. He was drafted 105 overall by Tennessee. He's going to be brought in as the number one wide receiver. Okay? Yeah. Now, we have to keep in mind that Tennessee, up to this point, has been more run-heavy than pass-happy. Okay? DeMarco right. Murray is there, and then we have Derrick Henry there as well. So you may see his wide receiver one uh, shares be equivalent to another team's wide receiver two shares in the uh, in the uh, beginning, and it could go up from there depending on how they go. Uh, but he is going to be getting the looks, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as looking at uh, uh, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette's going into a situation being drafted at 104 uh, by Jacksonville where they're basically they, – they they paid a bunch of money to um, uh, Chris Ivory last year. He's gone. You know, if, yeah. if he's not gone, he's, he's on the bench. They're more than likely going to keep Yeldon because he's still under his rookie contract at a cheaper price, and he can catch the ball, so they'll keep him as their third down change of pace back. Uh, so for me, with those two, the uh, path to opportunity, the draft capital, and their talent before all of this, where they were supposed to go before, all matches up for me. So these guys are in a tier all their own. Like I'm, for me, the yes, I would rather I would rather have Corey Davis, but I'm not going to cry about it if I can get Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I just think that Corey Davis is just slightly more, uh, slightly higher than Leonard Fournette in terms of uh, enough to separate the tier because okay, um, uh, there are a few pieces that I would interchange with Leonard Fournette depending on my format. Um, but uh, I think that there's the 101. Now, with Leonard Fournette, I could see where with, with the way you're approaching it, he could be that in that 102, 101 tier where that was one tier. Because um, if, see, you're assuming that there's no questions as a result of there being a crowded backfield. I understand, you know, taking them that high means they, they're going to use them. But, right. Uh, but I don't really trust the Jags to understand and make good decisions right now. Um, right. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to the new regime that's there. They, right. They're under a new head coach this year. So I'm, I'm I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, you're right. They they could sit there and completely squander this opportunity. Uh, but, they, but they showed signs of being at least intelligent to a certain degree because they followed up with, you know, drafting him with getting linemen. And you right. know, and they and they really fortified their defense, so they they put themselves in a position to be able to make this move uh, without uh, there being much 
damage because, I mean, this draft was basically a, supposedly supposed to be a defensive juggernaut going in. Yeah. Yeah. Which was funny because seven of the first ten picks and eight of the first 12 were offense. It was basically yeah. – I, I remember I turning to my wife and I was like, this draft is literally turning into a typical, like, IDP league dynasty rookie draft where you've got you've got got two idiots to take defense way too early and everyone else is going (laughs) wide receiver um, running back or quarterback (laughs) that's a good way to put it (laughs) that's does your wife understand that she had no idea what i was talking about she was she was like that's nice dear (laughs) (laughs) good for her um so, and then after that first year, so for me, it would end at 101, for you, it would end at 102. Um, I think yep. that that next tier goes until, for me, until the 105, so the next four picks. Okay. So, well, walk through your tier for me real quick. So, for me, it's the 101, which is Corey Davis, and the next tier includes Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, for me, is at the top of that tier. Then you've got Mike Williams. You've got Joe Mixon, who has crept up there for me. And um, then you've got uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So missing from your second, your first and second tier from the initial pre-draft tiers is then Delvin Cook. Yeah, he fell out of that second tier for me. Okay. Okay. I can can get behind that. uh So what about you? Uh, It's basically the same thing, you know, almost in that order. Um, I have it, I have it, Christian McCaffrey, I'm sorry. Then I have it, Mike Williams, and then Joe Mixon. But in all honesty, if I'm not competing right now, let's say I have the 105 and I'm not really competing and I'm middling, I would honestly think about going with Joe Mixon over um, uh, Mike Williams. And the reason why is because this year right here, you're going to see kind of the growing pains of everything. They don't have an offensive line in Cincinnati. They still have Jeremy Hill. They still have a healing um, uh, Giovanni Bernard. And so you're going to have to see a changing of the guard, and he's not going to put up this year like the other guys. Like if you take Christian McCaffrey, I expect him to be dwindled, and his opportunities be dwindled, you know, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But he's still going to have a bunch of opportunities. Uh, I look at Mike Williams. Uh, if Keenan Allen gets hurt, he's your wide receiver one out there. He's going to have a ton of opportunities. My, uh, Mixon to me is kind of a guy that you're, he can be much better in year two than he is in year one. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with him. And if I'm building, that's the guy I want to go after. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then so I would assume your next tier, my next tier is kind of a wash. Um, and and I'm still putting players into it, so it's more of a gut feeling. But it goes from it starts at the 106 and goes until yeah. about the 203 break like. Okay. It's a huge so tier for me. Yeah, so this is basically your tight ends, miscellaneous running backs, and a couple of wide receivers to boot. Yeah, I'd say there's probably about uh, three or four tight ends, two or three receivers, and two or three running backs. Okay, yeah, it's basically the same thing for me. Um, uh, Cook does sit at the forefront of that for me because I do believe oh, yeah. in his, I, I, his elusiveness. It, it, it was amazing at Florida State, and I think he'll be needing that a lot in Minnesota with their line work, even though they did, they're getting some guys back next year and they did take a guard relatively early in the draft. Um, I think that he will need to 
you know, do some work. But basically, Jerry McKinnon's gone. So if you if you have him, rest in peace, Jerry McKinnon. Uh, yeah. Uh, then for me, after that, and the, the the wide receivers in that group for me are going to be uh, Ross, John Ross, and Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, I wanted Godwin Juju, Juju towards the Juju towards the higher end of that for me, actually. With that, oh, he, 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 oh, okay. So you have Juju higher. Okay, yeah. okay. I wanted Godwin to be in this really, really bad because I like his landing spot, um, but it was very difficult for me to put him there. Uh, yeah. Basically, being for the next one to two years, he's going to be the, the the fourth target in that offense. Yeah, and so it was really hard to do it. So he's farther down on my list. Um, but those two, Ross and then Juju, are in that category for me. And then at running back, um, it's Cook. It's man, it's Cook. Pirine. It's probably Pirine, Kamara, and Hunt. And all Hunt four is, of those is big up there. And he, oh, yeah, and Hunt's big up yeah. there. Hunt is my goodness. Uh, my Debbie leagues right now where I took him with like the second or third round pick last year. Uh, happy days for me because, you know, now I have this awesome, I, he could easily go in the first round and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to flip him. (laughs) I mean, I hope he does good things out there. I'm expecting him to, but I'm totally going to flip him because the capital that I spent versus what I can use on him now to get a first rounder in next year's Debbie draft. Thank you, sir. Um, And then obviously all three of the main tight ends, you know, Howard, uh, Engram going to the Giants and Howard went to Tampa Bay and then the Browns ended up getting the Joku. Those three guys are in that tier as well. So mine's pretty large as well. Uh, and it's funny because once that tier ends, that's when it starts to get to the part of the draft where I'm kind of like, man, I wish I would have moved up to get into that, you know, those first three tiers. Yeah, I know. I've got a lot of picks in, the, in that third tier, and I'm, I'm really happy about it. In fact, and, and two of the leagues I actually really care about, I've got um, I've got a run between the 109 and the 202. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But, uh, and then after, yeah, and frankly, from for that, it goes that fourth tier is the two hundred three, two hundred four area, um, all the way to the second round, um, and yeah. into the third round. Um, and in that right. in that group, kind of the forefront of that group for me are Jeremy McNichols, uh, Cooper Cup, um, those kinds of players. Yeah, you know, and what's nice is uh, you've got quite a few guys. Cooper Cup for me is kind of. Uh, Uh, Cooper Cup for me personally is uh, he's basically no longer draftable. <laughs> but that's Whoa. not, you know. Well, I mean, I had him in early third round, okay? Yeah. And where does he go? He goes to the Rams. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not terrible. Well, but they have everybody else there. I mean, Cooper Cup is. Uh, you know, he's just a guy out there. I mean, they have so many people right now. You know, you look, they have Austin, they have Robert you know, you know what? They have this, this sounds, this sounds like the exact same thing that you said about Brian Quick, and I want to piece off of that. I, you, I'll tell you what, you figure it out, and, uh, we'll go, I'll tell you, let, let me see, I will take, 
see on my list real quick here. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do it for the, even the same teams. I'll take Chris Godwin this year if you want to take Cup. Where did Godwin land again? Tampa Bay. Just like last year when we did it, when it was uh, uh, Brian oh, Quick man. and uh, – oh, who was the guy that I had? Kenny Bell. <laughs> uh, so you let me know. I'll take Godwin. You take Cup. And yeah, over right now, I, I think I have Godwin ahead of Cup right now, so that would be tough. Let me, let me look at it. That might be something that I'm interested in. Listeners, okay. do you think I should take that tweet at me at <laughs> Grounding Grounding FF? That was my Twitter handle at Grounding FF. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. Sorry, man. Shut up. You know, well, I thought it was over this stuff, but apparently, uh, talking is uh, bringing it all back. Uh, that's one thing we're, I was we're limping to the finish line today. <laughs> yeah, we are. I was really surprised how early non-main tight ends went. Oh, my God. Oh, speaking of, okay, well, we're about to get into. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and go straight into it. So um, let's talk about the biggest risers and fallers of the league. Let's talk about some of the non-main tight ends. Okay. Well, at 212 in the draft, the Rams said, rest in peace, Tyler Higby, we're going to go out and get Gerald Everett. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did they just draft like Tyler Higby with a relatively good draft pick? What was that Tyler Higby last year? Uh, man, I don't think it was last year. Well, yeah, it was last year. It was last year because it was Hunter, it was Hooper, and it was Higby. Those were the big guys. Yep, so it was last year. So maybe they're just trying to build a two, you know. But the thing, though, is Gerald Everett is a move. He's a joker. He's a move tight end. Yeah. So with that in mind, you're basically going to turn – uh, Higby into your your blocker, which I mean I guess is okay if that's what you want. <laughs> I mean Higby's not a bad blocker, but I mean come on man. Right. Um, okay, so, so yeah. and, then, and then not to be outdone when people were like, "Well, you took that no name tight end too early." I can't believe you did that. Chicago said, "Hold my beer," and went in the next pick at two thirteen and drafted out of Ashland, Adam Shaheen. Yeah. I, I didn't get it, you know, and, the, and this is the same group. Their 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 first two picks <laughs> were basically Mitchell Trubisky, for which they traded their third and fourth from this year's draft, bizarre, and a, fourth, and, and, and a third from next year's draft to move up one spot to get them. And then in the second, they were like, "We have to go get <laughs> our quarterback, you know, some kind of offensive weapon." I know. Let's go get the guy that's played D one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, I, man, I, I, I understand now why so many people were giving them just complete grief about their draft. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, like, then there's Taiwan Taylor, who landed really well. He went up for me in Tennessee. So now he's paired with Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel. He landed. He kind of went down for me, though, because in all honesty, and we had talked about this a little bit earlier before we got on, uh, but uh, one of the reasons why McCaffrey was such a hard place for me is to figure out where exactly he went in the front of yeah. this uh, draft is because I, when he was taken by Carolina, I feared they were going to use him uh, as a you know jack-of-all-trades type of running back that also could go out and play as a slot receiver. Yeah. Well, then they went out in the second round and they drafted the slot receiver in Curtis <laughs> Yeah. So, 
that I kind of they kind of they're going to be eating at each other, and so that kind of hurts both of them. So that knocks them down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so 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 those are my risers and fallers in a nutshell. Kareem Hunt went up huge. You know, he oh, basically yeah. landed in the best spot that he could. Uh, Carlos Henderson went to Denver. Should be interesting. Okay. I mean, for me, my my biggest faller, and this one is is this one sucks. Um, mm. Isaiah Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Pull oh, I, I, I totally pull agree. Out my, pull out of my hokey. Um, yeah, you, dude, man, listen, I want you, I want you to listen to at the end of the third round, these guys and I watch name off, okay? Yeah. And you, you tell me <laughs> what they have that Ford didn't. Detroit at pick 332 takes Kenny Holiday. Arizona at 334 takes Chad Williams, a wide receiver that wasn't even invited to the combine. You know, and then out of Michigan, Amara Darbo goes to Seattle at 342. It was just like, you know, that's about the placement that I was expecting the floor to be for Isaiah Ford to go. Well, let me tell you what what I, what, I, what they have that Isaiah Ford doesn't, and that is draft capital. <laughs> yep. Uh, Isaiah Ford went in, the, in case you missed it. My Hokie, who I'm really proud of, and I love him, and he's great, and he's going to Flip the bird to everybody, but he's got a long road to hoe right now. Um, Where did he go, by the way? He ended up with the Dolphins. Okay, okay. Well, see, now that in itself is its own problem, but I think with his contested catchability and everything, that he, you know, he's basically going to be, he's going to have a spot there. Well, yeah, he's going to have a spot there, and he's going to make the roster. Let's put this mm-hmm. He's going to make the roster now. Luke, I want you to list off for me the receivers that are currently in in, in uh, Miami. You've got okay. Landry, you've got yep. Parker, you got Carew, yep. you got uh, Stills. Yeah, those to me those those are the four guys that he's going to have to come in and and surpass. Uh, and he's going to pass Carew on day one. I, I, I honestly, with the way the Carew is right now, that would not surprise me. Carew. Does not seem to play nice with that with the front office there, at least the coaches and everything. So, I wouldn't be surprised of that. Uh, he's not a burner, so nope. he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to do much with Stills. Okay, Stills and him, they're not gonna be uh, not doing the you. same thing, right? So you're basically looking at trying to get past Carew. If you can do that, in which I expect him to do, either Carew is going to be cut. That's what I'm hoping for because I still have Karoo in a bunch of places and he's buried as well. Somewhere else. <laughs> set set Karoo free. You know, and then you're also right. You know, then uh and then that's fine. You know, you basically you just replace Karoo and you're set there and then I'm sure they'll have a couple other of, you know, pawns on the board or whatever that or wide receivers that just are there that put on uniforms on game day. Uh but yeah. I think he I think it's totally feasible that he can stick. Uh, yeah. You know, he has the stuff that he needs to make it there. I was really surprised that he went that far. And in all honesty, I thought that once he got to a certain point, that I was hoping for him to go undrafted just so he could pick where he wanted to go. Yeah, exactly. Me too. But then, freaking Miami. Um, my greatest riser, uh, and you're really surprised by this, because um, I don't know if we ever discussed this player before, um before the draft, but my greatest rise is actually Samaj P. Ryan. 
Um, yeah, well, which would make sense. Yeah, I mean, he landed well. He, he landed really well, but I actually had very low um, before the draft. I didn't like him that much, um, and it was it was more of a gut feeling. But um, I like where he landed. It's not just because I'm a Redskin. I think that he he found a nice little gap to play in. Um, mm-hmm. Another guy that I thought all day, you know, frankly, he was turning into a Noah Homer five minutes. Um, another guy I thought all day was, you know. Bucky Hodges, he felt, I thought he was going to fall a lot, but then he landed in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. He's behind Yeah, Kyle in Rudolph, the uh, fifth round, I believe, right? Is actually, yeah, in the sixth round, yeah. Um, oh, six, okay. Yeah, so Kyle Rudolph is actually made of sugar glass. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Bucky slots in right there perfectly, because who else, I mean, who else are they going to throw to? Yeah, no, the one thing I would like to know before I before I invest any of my uh, my capital into drafting. Well, they need a wide receiver or a tight end. Exactly, um, and because up there I have no idea what they plan to do. You know, I have no he, idea. What even? What if he's a wide end tight receiver? As he goes uh, around well, the end and pulls it in tight to his chest and scores a touchdown. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you know, it's 50-50 then. You know, when it comes to all this stuff, though, I mean, whatever they want to call him on the field, however it works out, as long as Roto World puts in a little blurb that he's a T-E, that's what MFL goes by, and that's what all of my leagues will have him set as, and I will draft him then. Yeah. You know, um, because I think that he's – I think he's a perfect move tight end. Uh, but the problem is, is that they have Rudolph there who, you know, could do the same thing. Now, Rudolph is, you know, injury prone, as yeah. we've seen plenty of times. So that may cause something. But uh, the draft capital, if he doesn't catch on and perform, and if he isn't given the opportunity to perform fast enough, he may not see enough time there. So it may be, you know, a move before he gets to a team where he's, successful. But I do think he's going to be successful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I but, agree. And, and, and what's interesting is um, who is, I don't even know who uh, the Vikings backup quarterback is right now, do you? The backup quarterback? Yeah, I know. Out of left field, right? So who's the backup quarterback? Oh, man. Uh, that is a good question. I mean, you think I would know this. Uh, apparently, well, I do know that it's not going to be Bridgewater because they didn't... Uh, they didn't think it was fit your option. They didn't think it was fit your um, option. Now they could sit there and you know, um, keep well, them through like, yeah. But whoever it is, I think that um, Bucky Hodges actually might Julian Edelman his way into the backup option because he was recruited mm-hmm. to Virginia Tech as one of the right. best dual threat tight ends in the class. Right. Well, in the interim, I'm sure that special teams is going to have to become a specialty of his too. Did you yeah. know if he did special teams at? Uh, yeah, he did. He was a he was a okay. special teamer. So, um, but yeah, I, I, those are my those are my rides and follows. There's people that I'm very closely intimate with, so I I mm-hmm. can see the differences um, in them right now. But uh, yeah, so I think the plan is right now for Luke, you and I to do a two round mock draft um, later on in the week or this coming weekend, um, yep. in order to kind of give our listeners an idea. of who's where and whatnot, um, and we'll provide live commentary with that. And if we can maybe even pull on a third person, we'll see if we can do that. Um, so so yeah, I actually got one question from a listener real quick if you want to go through let's, it. Let's do it. What's the question? All right. The question is, how do you rank the top four 
um, uh, quarterbacks in this draft? After this draft happened, where would you take them? Not so much landing spot, but in what order? Oh, God, hold on. Let me pull up my rankings real quick. Um, okay. Uh, I put them away. <laughs> well, basically you have Trubisky, who went at uh, 102. You've mm-hmm. got Mahomes and then Watson, who went at 10 and 12, respectively. And then you've got all the way in the at uh, 220, pick 52 overall, uh, Cleveland took Kaiser. All right, so here, so how do we? Oh, so it's not the the four top quarterbacks, but the four, for the first four quarterbacks. How do we rank them? Well, they have they basically it was about the like in the in the papers and everything and like articles and whatnot. Those were the top four guys. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, here's what we do. Um, I would say that for me, if I were if I were to be in a two quarterback league, which is the only way I'm taking these guys. Right. I I would do um ooh, I'm gonna surprise you a little bit. Hot take. Are you ready for my hot take? It's mm-hmm. gonna be um Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Mitch Mitch Trubisky, mm-hmm. uh Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson. Right. In that order. For me it's Mahomes, Watson, uh Trubisky and Kaiser. Oh, so you you, you just are lower on Trubisky than I am. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh basically this way I look at it. Uh, both Mahomes and Watson are walking into situations where they have a team, they just need a quarterback. You know, yeah. I mean, I know that Smith's out there with, you know, with KC and everything, but they went this route because Smith, I believe he has two years on his contract as of right now, with the last year being completely an option to the club, basically, with the dead money involved, or their lack of. So basically, as of 2018, Mahomes could be the outright starter. And yeah. with that, he's got a team. And you know, Watson, Watson himself, he's walking into a team, and all he has to do is get past Tom Savage. You know? Now, O'Brien's uh, offense out there in Houston is pretty tough. That's what you found out talking to like, interviews and stuff with Osweiler and everything. So, I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. But if he can get to it fast enough, and he can – Get his head wrapped around it by midseason. He could be the starter on a team that's already built. So those are my two guys. After that, Trubisky he's going to struggle because Chicago has an offense or has a defense that's decent and has all has an offense that has pieces but nothing that's coagulating yet. Uh, yeah. And then you've got Kaiser, who although I feel that he's on the rise, they really only put a second round. As I said earlier, they only put a second rounder in him. All they're going to do is, you know, they already have Kessler. I'm sure Kessler's going to be the starter. Osweiler's going to be gone now because Kaiser's here. And Kaiser's going to be given an opportunity, and he's going to have a short leash. So those are my guys. You know, if you want to go down a little bit farther, you've got Webb that went to the Giants. I hated that pick. Webb's not going to work out there. Um, Dobbs went to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Okay. He was really thrilled about that, too, for some reason. Right, and then like uh, Kaya went to um, uh, the Lions. Yeah. So, uh, what about uh, uh, CJ Bassard to the Forty Niners? <laughs> I know. I saw that happen at the end of the third round, and I was like, "Oh man, Shanahan's got his quarterback of the future. Watch out!" <laughs> oh, I know, right? Oh my God. Anyway, uh, but um, so well, I think that's gonna wrap up our podcast for the day. Yep. Um, if you want to follow Luke or I on Twitter, frankly, you should listen to Luke. Maybe not me. I'm entertaining, at least. Um, 
So, Luke, you can find him. He's at intentional underscore G on the tweets. And uh, I am at grounding FF on the tweet. And uh, if you want to send us an email, you can email us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. We love listener questions. We love hearing from you, especially as yep. we navigate you guys through this complicated and fun process. We should have, like, an entire mailbag uh, podcast coming up sometime soon. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and so we would love if you guys would like and subscribe on iTunes. Um, leave us a good review. Uh, if you don't like us, don't leave us a review. I'm kidding. Uh, but like us, please. We're, we're lonely and we have low self-esteem. And, um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to guiding you guys through the off-season process. Uh, your rookie drafts will be starting soon, and we'll have lots to report from ours. Uh, without further ado, I am Noah Downs, and he is Luke Bisson. And we're looking forward to talking to you later this week. Absolutely. Bye. (laughs) Bye.